this is actually a pretty special episode for us today because believe it or not we are sitting across from one another right now we are we're recording in person so keen listeners will hear a dramatic increase or decrease in the quality of this audio (laughs) (laughs) welcome to taste bc radio where we're going on a journey to explore restaurants breweries wineries and just about anywhere where we can eat and drink local i'm jeff and i'm dan and we are talking twice a month about local bc food and drink if you want to join in on the conversation, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at TasteBC Radio, or email us at host at tastebcradio.ca. All right, tasters, let's get into it. I wanted to bring up a, I guess it's an article or a series of articles on a blog by someone named Justin McElroy. He went through and went to 143 breweries in Southern BC, all of the currently open breweries in Southern BC, and he created a ranking scale and ranked all of them from 143 to 1. And over the series of, I think it was three or four weeks, released blogs with blocks of the breweries, rating them from, well, the worst to the best. What? It was really fascinating to see. I I don't necessarily agree with every single one of the rankings but obviously it's just one person deciding to rank them and what's actually interesting is there's at least two or three of these ones that i know uh, sorry two or three breweries that have opened since this list has been or or at least they've been rated right uh, or are about to open recently i've been going to a couple events where we've been able to taste some beers from breweries that aren't open yet and planning to open this summer And we can talk about that again later. We have a very special episode planned all about that. And the main reason I bring this up is, A, we're talking about breweries, and B, the one that I am talking about and is one of my favorite breweries in Vancouver is actually what he ranked as number one in all of Southern British Columbia. No way, really? By coincidence, I I kept looking at some of my favorite breweries and seeing where he had ranked them on the list and other breweries that I've been to around B.C., and I kept noticing that this particular one wasn't on the list and wasn't on the list. And because he started from the lowest and obviously counted up. Yeah. I realized before the final 10 was released, okay, it's definitely in the in the top 10. And as I was scrolling through it, it was 10, 9, 8, 7, <laughs> and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And finally, of course, number two, and it still wasn't it. And I'm like, okay, did I miss it? Or is it number one? And sure enough, it was number one. Oh and I was like, gosh. I knew it. And you'll understand why, too. Um, obviously there's some phenomenal, phenomenal breweries around that are, uh, there's some phenomenal breweries around that are completely comparable and depending on your style and what you like, mm-hmm. Kalina, my wife and I also have history with this brewery as well, which give us good memories. So there's that kind of as well. Yeah. So I'm very excited to talk about it later. And, Excellent. um, I wonder know. if mine is on the list. I hope so. Wait, it was it did he, was there any on the island? Just broad. Like every everywhere basically south of I think like Lumbee, British oh. Columbia. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sweet. So yeah, all the ones from Kelowna. I think there's actually ones in Prince George that are on the list as well. So oh, nice. basically I think I think there's probably some like pretty far up north that he didn't yeah. include, but yeah. for the most part in like the major lower half of uh, British Columbia he's included all the, I guess hundred and forty three of them. Right. So yeah. Very wow. interesting. That's really cool. Not only is it incredible that he went to 143 breweries, but he also developed a ranking system that is fair. And obviously, it's again, it's one person. It's not a committee or anything. So 
Um, I found that he would lean a little bit more to the lighter beers than the heavier beers or the, or like super hoppy beers, but so does a, a mass of the population. So yeah. I think it's, it's fair. He also would rank things. Quality was worth 20 points. Standout was worth up to five points. Diversity was worth up to 10 points. Innovation was worth up to five points and experience was worth up to 10 points. Nice. So basically he would go in, rank all of those on that scale, add them all up and then just put it in, mm-hmm. I assume an Excel sheet and then said, okay, here's the list from lowest to highest. I wonder what he classifies like experience. I wonder, some people enjoy the experience where you get to sit down with and the person is there talking to you about the beers and other people are just there for experiencing the the atmosphere and like right. stuff like that. So it, yeah, I just, it, I'm curious as to what he can, because that, that could be unfair if like the brewery is really busy at that time right. and, then, and like they don't have time to, if you're looking for let's talk about the beer that you make and that's your idea of a good experience like that could skew exactly or you have a server on a bad day or you have you go during a time when they're in between some experimental features or and you know there's so many variants totally it's obviously not a scientific method no definitely but it's still a really interesting thing to see and uh i think because there is something to be said about having that snapshot where Mm. it's if I do happen to go to whatever brewery, this is the one snapshot I had of it. And that might be the one snapshot you get as well. And I could be completely wrong, but that being said, there are other aspects of the ranking system that could possibly also bail you out of that bad ranking or, or Mm -hmm. bring you back down if you have an exceptional rating in one. So again, obviously it's one person's opinion, but it is super fascinating to read what that person thinks. And you can sit there and say, okay, well I do, or I don't agree with that, or I do agree with this, or I would rank this higher than he ranked that one. Yeah. So it was a really interesting read. There'll be a link in the show notes to the blog and on the blog, we'll have the list of all the individual blog posts. They're long, obviously, because each one gets a write up, but Mm -hmm. If you go to the very first posting, so 143 to 130 yeah. or whatever it is, they will say exactly how everything was ranked. Mm-hmm. And then even in the description of the point system, right. we'll write how those are broken down. So super fascinating. I was really excited to see that the brewery I had previously decided to talk about actually was number one. So I was like, this is absolutely the way I'm going to lead into it. <laughs> <laughs> What I think, like, uh, my last little point on this, uh, I I don't know how, if that came off as a negative comment about the ranking system, but I think that kind of showcases the, the, what I find the most interesting aspect of beer tasting, which is, it's completely different for everybody. Right. You and I have very different palates of what we consider really good beer and, like, what we lean towards. Exactly. And that doesn't mean that one beer is worse than the other, it's just not what I prefer or what you prefer, which makes it... Uh, almost it's very subjective to the person who's tasting which makes it interesting because you can a lot of the time you can tell where the person is coming from yeah it may not you may not agree with it but you're like oh i can see where that's coming exactly yeah if if you got in a room my dad my mom my sister and me yeah and you put four beers in front of us we each would pick a different one of the beers because we have such different palates 100 percent. and she would go for the sour he would go for the hoppiness my mom would go for the porter and i would go for some sort of haze. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so all, all different beers that the other, the other might be able to appreciate, but it's not their favorite. So yeah. if I were to do this exact same experiment, I might come up with it. Well, I wouldn't come up with, I might not come up with a different number one, but I might come <laughs> up with different reasoning for it. Totally. So, um, but there's also 
probably at least 100 to 120 breweries in BC on this list that I have not tried. Yeah. So, or at least I haven't been to. Yeah. So it's it's really hard to say what if I if that is my fa- absolute favorite. Yeah. Because there's it's a big world out there, and that's why it's big so world. great. Just in BC. Just in BC. Yeah. Just in southern BC, apparently. Oh yeah, no kidding. Oh my goodness. Yeah, 120 that you haven't been to out of 143. <laughs> I mean, I've tried more than. I've been to obviously. Of course, yeah. It's it's funny. I I want to almost use this as a checklist. Yeah. Of ones yeah. to go to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. After this, I'm definitely bringing up that blog. Yeah. <laughs> after we're done recording. It's kind of like Untapped, but specifically for BC, cool. which is kind of cool. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. Except you don't get to rank it yourself. But, of course. But we not. could. Yeah. In the comments on his blog. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't agree. Yeah. I I think he talks about that actually. He says you ranked a brewery. I enjoy. Much too low. This is silly. <laughs> and then his answer was, first of all, that is not a question. But. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe he's brought some humor into it. That's good. Yeah, That's kind exactly. of a weird comment for that person to. Well, it's, it's not a, it wasn't a real comment. It was like a POV. Like, if this oh, is how you feel, I'm going to pre-respond oh, to it. I see, yeah. I see. Oh, oh, good on him. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it seems great. I am. It. it Honestly, interested in following a lot of the rest of the stuff he does. It's very similar, I think, to kind of what we're doing here, where he's exploring parts of Vancouver, but it's not just food. He just also happens to have food and beer on there. So, Oh, cool. Worth checking out for sure. Sweet. So, speaking of breweries, Dan, <laughs> yep. have I got one for you. Mm. Recently rated number one on Justin McElroy's <laughs> 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 best breweries in southern British Columbia. Uh-huh. A little Main Street brewery called Brassneck Brewing. Oh, yes, I And know. I know you've been there yeah. because oh, we've yeah. taken you. So Brassneck opened on October 2nd, 2013, and they're very small, and they've stayed small since then. They actually distribute very, very little outside of the brewery. So where a lot of breweries are trying to grow and get their beers into as many restaurants as possible and get the distribution going, they just continue to remain small and do what they do extremely well. They have a consistent eight or so beers that they keep at all times and then they rotate two or three depending time of year and stuff like that. It's a very small tasting room with probably six or seven tables big, a little bit of bar seating as well. The wall separating the brewery side where all the vats are to where the seating area is, it doesn't all go all the way to the ceiling so you still can see over it and you can see the brewery side of it behind it. Mm-hmm. There's kind of chinks in the wall where you can see through and see the what's happening on the other side it smells like malt it smells like beer the the best aspects of beer being turned into beer yeah it's always it's always full you know you know it's really popular and they during covid were able to expand out onto the uh, patio as well so out on the sidewalk they have i think it's four or five picnic tables now so they've got a bit more space it's really interesting that they because they do so well that they're not expanding, mm-hmm. but it's intentional. They're, I think they want to keep their operation kind of at the volume that it is because it's working well for them. So they're not just trying to get as big as possible and get greedy or whatever. They're still focused on making a really good product. Yeah. And like I said, they do distribute some kegs out to restaurants, but I don't think I've remember a time ever seeing a brass neck beer in a restaurant, except maybe once. Wow. I think maybe I, I saw it one time at like a small mom and pop shop. 
But I do know that they are very high quality beers. They're the kind... When I first started drinking Brassneck, I wasn't really into IPAs yet. And that transition happened very smoothly with Brassneck because their IPAs were such a high quality that it was so perfectly balanced that I was able to uh, drink those beers with without having developed a palate just for getting smacked in the face with hops. Yeah. So, um, very, very nicely balanced beers and they have like really, really reasonable growler fill prices too. Mm. I remember when I went, it would often be cheaper to get a growler than to get like a four pack from the, from the store, really? not, not their store, like a, a normal, like craft four pack from like a liquor store you could get. Oh, wow. So I think that's not too uncommon, but it's yeah. also, you know, it was walkable from our place. And so we would go and get a growler and we'd be like, okay, this will last us the weekend. And then we'd have to go back the next day. And <laughs> <laughs> they even have thank yous on their websites to the people that built their space, the architect and the woodworker and, no and stuff, because they're so happy with the work that was done because wow. the space is so elegantly rustic that you go in and you almost feel like it's a perfect place on Main Street, but you also feel like you're completely transported away from Main Street, where a lot of Main Street is trying to get a little bit more chic, and they're very all wooden slats, and the, it's all, the benches are wooden, and tables are wooden, and it's just, it's really, really nice. It's not quite lob cabin feels, but it's very rustic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a beautiful inside. Their branding is super simplistic. They have basically an arrow is their logo. Yeah. They have just really nice growlers with just kind of in gold. It just says brass neck around them or it just has the arrow on them. Or just ha- there's a few different styles that they've had. And they were like collectible items to me because they were just so elegantly done and you know growlers are obviously such a simple concept but some of them they just kind of stamp a logo on it and don't put much thought into it and brassneck obviously put a lot of thought into the look of it they obviously care more about it's very apparent when you taste their beer that they care more about quality than quantity exactly from what i remember of being there and it was quite a number of years ago i didn't actually know this until i started researching their history but apparently they have a sister restaurant called magnet and I didn't actually know that they have that, but it looks like, I guess, they make all their own food that they sell there, which is pastries, they'll have cheesy twist breads, and mm. they have some jerkies and stuff. I just assumed they had brought it all in, but I guess it, they make it all there. You can get big slices of focaccia, probably close to a foot by a foot pieces of focaccia Holy that you can boy. buy. Yeah. Oh, and then oh, so uh, your typical kind of bar snacks like nuts and pickles. But then they also have little pork pies and mushroom pate and handmade crackers. They have ice cream sandwiches. They'll also sometimes have a food truck come and mm. park in front of them. So you have that option as well. They go through several different food trucks that, that will park there. And obviously they're super happy to have you come bring the food in, even though they have some counter service food there. Like nice. most breweries in Vancouver, which is great. That is great. This this brewery ha- also has a bit of a history for me, like I mentioned earlier, because when Kalina and I went to go look for a new place to live in Vancouver when we were moving away from North Van, yeah. we went and saw the place. We had really good vibes about it. We had really vibe with the landlord, and we decided to go kind of check out the neighborhood. So we were walking, and we kind of looked up breweries, and Brassneck had 
comparably the highest stars on Google, which mm-hmm. obviously if you don't know a neighborhood, you, that's what you, you look at first. And we said, oh, this one looks cute. Let's go there. And so we went and we had a, I had a beer and then we found out that night or the next night that we got the place and we were kind of like, this will always be a memory for us of going to this brewery and then getting this place. And that kind of kicked our lives into becoming adults, really. Yeah, it's a core memory. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, they're in that area, there's probably a dozen breweries within a five-minute walk of Brassneck. Oh, yeah. But that one always stood out to us, especially because of that memory. And we just kept going back and back and back. And even when a new one would open up, we would still want to just go back to Brassneck because it was the one that had that meaning to us, in addition to the fact that we just really loved the beers. It was pretty common for us on a Friday night to go get a couple growler fills and then we'd have people over or we'd uh, go visit you guys because you're on the mainland (laughs) and we'd bring them. You know those places that it's like, it's not a question, if you say, oh, let's go get a beer, it's not a question of, okay, where do you want to go? That's the default. Yeah. Not because there's no better option, but because that option is awesome and you're really happy to have that one. So that was, for us, really great and will always stand out. And when we were moving back to Vancouver from Boston, one of the things we wanted to do when we first got back was, okay, let's go to Brass Neck. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was really exciting. Obviously, will really always be, like, a strong memory for us as well. Yeah. They have fun names for their beers. My personal favorite is called the Passive Aggressive. I was looking at Bjorn again. Yeah. Which I thought was, hello. what a what a funny, funny name. Yeah, they've got some really fun names. They have, for example, they have like a Cookies and Cream, which is an Oreo Imperial Stout, which was a cross with Superflux. They have one called, or had one called, Hey, We're Dying Over Here. <laughs> and then, Beer de Coif, Employee of the Month. Guava Spiffy. Yeah. <laughs> Bananas in Pajamas, I think is just a great name. So, Pretty much everything that they've ever made as a feature, they have in their beer history catalog on their website. Yeah, yeah. So their beer archive. If I love you this. if you remembered one that you had one time, and you're like, oh my god, what was that beer? You still may never be able to get it again, but at least you can go back and look at it and be like, yeah. oh, this is what it was. They have a lot of fun with that, with their naming, and it was always fun to to go in. They were super great at taking you through the beers that they had if you mm-hmm. had questions. Even if you were going in for a growler fill, they would let you test anything of the features. They would say, oh, if you like this one, you should try this one. And everyone was super knowledgeable about the beers. Oh, I love that. Never got a sense of superiority or arrogance from any of the employees ever. When we were living there, it looked like there was really good retention with their employees as well. Because I I believe when we left for Boston and when we got back for Boston, the last person and the first person to serve us was the same person. No way. And we would get to know the staff a little bit. They would get to recognize coming in, oh, here's... Jeff with his growlers, he's going to fill, he's going to get a passive aggressive and probably one of the features. And, <laughs> you know, they're obviously care a lot and their staff cares a lot, which is really great to see these days. Mm-hmm. And I feel really good about for Justin McElroy being their number one pick on, on that list. I feel like it kind of just affirms my feelings about it because yeah. with all the breweries that are popping up, a lot of them are very flashy and a lot of them are, are expanding very quickly and, incredibly successful for very good reasons yeah don't get me wrong obviously they deserve to be successful because they're doing great things but it's really nice to see a brewery that is just doing what it does incredibly well and 
very passionately. And seeing that is really great to see because it's very easy in this world to just always be wanting more. I know I do it all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think currently looking at their beers, they have everything from a Kolsch to an export stout. They sell the passive aggressive, which by the way, drinks like a 4% ABV and is a 7% ABV. Oof, that's dangerous. So, <laughs> so it'll get you for sure. That's a danger beer. <laughs> that's a... That's a, you got to catch up with your friend's beer. <laughs> but yeah, they have huge, huge diversity across. So there's something for everybody, always. They have an American Pale Ale, Belgian Wit Beer, Tart Fruit Beer, Barrel Aged Fruit Beer, Lager, Farmhouse Ale, Hazy IPA, Sour, Kolsch, Export Stout, Saison, and a Dry Hop Pale Ale. Oh, lovely. So they have a huge variety of things. Yeah. Like I said, something for everybody. Again, a lot of them are rotating through, changing, and keeping up with trends and just doing them ex- exceptionally well. So, you know what? It's been... The last time we went was... Well, actually, we did go recently, briefly, but it was packed, and I think there was a hour wait list. But it was a Friday night at 6.30 p.m., and we could have planned our day better, and, the re- and we were in a... We were going to meet someone for dinner or something, and we just had like 30 minutes to kill. So we thought if we could get a, a beer quickly. And actually, we didn't end up going anywhere because by the time we got anywhere else, we had to go. But <laughs> <laughs> hate it when that happens. But other than that, it's actually been since before COVID, since we've been able to actually go in and sit in Brass Neck. Yeah. But we've had the beer since then. But because we don't live on Main Street anymore, it's hard to get over there. So yeah. it's one of those ones where it'll always hold that special place in your heart but you have to kind of go out of your way to get there now so it makes it a little bit harder i feel like every time every time we went there it was packed so much that you can that would have been like an hour and a half even when we were going like at a random time Mm -hmm. that's so good yeah like they're obviously packed a lot but it's worth it oh yeah wait yeah (laughs) they're also right two blocks from dude chilling park so i like to call that their extended patio so you get a couple (laughs) get a couple of those beers and head over to dude chilling park and don't drink them there Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. i'm picking up what you're throwing down (laughs) so brass neck is located at 2148 main street in vancouver and i highly 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 recommend you go check them out and if they're full wait and get a seat and it's worth it if you are familiar with doing growler fills, which I feel like really fell off over COVID. It did, yeah. I think a lot of places stopped filling growlers, and so a lot of people stopped getting growlers, which is kind of interesting. But I think that we should campaign to bring them back. Yeah. Get a growler and go head out to the extended patio. And But don't drink them there. But don't drink them at Dude Chilling Park. Yeah, yeah, yes. definitely not. Yeah, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. Now, Dan, normally yeah. yes. we in the middle segment, talk about what we have been eating or drinking. Yes. But because we're together, we get the good fortune of being able to talk about what we are currently drinking. (laughs) So I see you with your coffee mug full of beer, and I have a coffee mug full of beer, but we don't know what each other's are. So we're going to try to do something a little different where I guess I'm going to guess what you're drinking, Mm -hmm. or you're going to describe it to me, and chances are I will never get it. Of course. Tell me, tell me about it, and we'll end with what it actually is. Yes. So, mine is... Well, first of all, let's hear it. What? I want to I hear it first. You want to hear I wanna, it? I want to hear it. Oh, I see. Yes. 
Okay, sounds like beer. Mm, yes. That was a good sip, actually. Not too much carbonation. Lightly carbonated. It's got that nice balance of... You can tell it's a base of a lighter beer, but with a more deep and robust flavor profile. And it's a little bit sweet, but also tart. And it's got a really interesting mouthfeel, despite the carbonation. Like, you feel like it's almost fuzzy, and which is actually very fitting for what kind of beer it actually is so a little bit sweet a little bit tart nice malt balance with a kind of a balanced light and dark feel or tasting profile okay is it peach it is not no is it a sour it is not is it a ghost no oh i don't know if i can do 21 questions for this (laughs) 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 um okay so tell me about it tell where where is the brewery located? It's located in Victoria. Okay. Yeah. So that puts you at a disadvantage, big time. But it's a new one, newer one. Okay. And uh, they specialize in very different beers and very interesting. Okay. Does it have spruce tip in it? It does not. But that's. Uh, but is that the right brewery? I think so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so is it Il Sauvage? It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's Il Sauvage, and you said it's a lighter beer base but it has a tart Mm -hmm. it's kind of a balance of light and like you can tell like it's a light style but it's got darker malt and a darker flavor profile to it okay so is it like a dark lager you've got the first word right dark ale no pilsner no you don't have the thrills for the pills i do not have the thrills for the pills (laughs) not at the moment okay what kind of beer is it it's a saison okay so it's a dark saison dark saison oh interesting yeah and, and then you'll have to give me the rest. Cause... Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's called Hiver by okay. Il Sauvage, and it's a dark saison that's been um, fermented with figs. Oh, yeah. so interesting. you have that like kind of. It almost like I I I've really enjoyed the fig flavor recently. Yeah. I don't know why? Yeah. No, it's a nice flavor. Fig Newtons mainly, probably. Fig jam. Fig jam. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so good. When you actually have a fresh fig, it's kind of got that uh, interesting mouthfeel to it. So it's cool that when you take a sip of this, you kind of, and maybe that's the power of suggestion because I'm thinking about right, right. It's a fig, base based beer. Yeah. Um, but it kind of tastes or it kind of feels like you're biting into a fig. Okay. In terms of the level of carbonation and then like. I guess that's just the flavors. It's right. a really, really nice beer. And I heard you have a little sample for me. Mm-hmm. I sure do. Okay. So let's see if you agree with my assessment. Oh. Yeah. It's like it's like a really light porter. Yeah. Like a yeah. super, super light porter. Yeah. But it still has a lot of that flavor. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's not light in terms of less flavor. It's light in terms of it, it doesn't sit as heavy on you. Yeah. It's like a summer porter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's a great description <laughs> of it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And you just get a little bit of sweetness from those figs. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's a subtle, it's not a smacky in the face flavor, which I'm actually kind of used to when you have Ville Sauvage. Um, if you go there, like mm-hmm. they're, they're sours punchy with flavor yeah like I had, in a really good way that is a positive positive thing for me i had one of their beers recently that had spruce tips yeah. in it which is why i guessed that yeah, because yeah, you yeah. said interesting and that was the first experience i had to them as a brewery mm-hmm. and it was super interesting because i've yeah. never seen that anywhere so yeah yeah super they do a lot of really interesting flavor profiles they also did 
I think in like fall winter time because it's a dark it's a coffee stout and they okay. actually have a roastery attached in the same building basically oh. just on the other side so they use their uh, coffee to make this really spectacular coffee stout it awesome. is phenomenal yeah coffee stouts are great yeah super good all right, what is in your glass? I see we have the same mug. We do have the same mug, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh... it's not the same beer, though. No. Oh, okay. Although we were laughing, thinking that that might happen. Maybe. But, okay. Have you had this beer before that you're tasting? I've not had this beer before. Oh, okay. Prior to today. Okay. So this beer is on the hoppier end of the spectrum. Okay. It is quite light in body. Okay. It has a really smooth mouthfeel. Mouthfeel? What, did I say mouthfeel? I think you said mouthfeel. <laughs> it has a really smooth mouthfeel, and the brewery is located closer to you than it is to me. And those are the, those are the first clues that I'll give you. Okay. There's, okay. No, there's no outside unique flavors added into this beer. It is a standard style brew of beer. Okay. It's very common on the shelves. However, unlike yours, it's not infused with whatever flavor. It's just, you could see the same title on any other brewery if they chose to make this kind of beer. I'm going to start probably IPA. Close. Double IPA? No. Oh, pale ale? No, no, no. Further away. You're getting colder. It is an IPA. Oh, it's a type of IPA. It's a hazy IPA. Of course. Yeah, I gave gave it away 20 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) And the brewery is closer to me than it is to you. Mm -hmm. Is it in On the Island? It's on an island. Oh, Salt Spring. Yeah. Nice. Oh, they're, uh, it's, it's a Salt Spring Hazy IPA. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. 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 Nice and simple. I Love d- it. I wanted Love to it. keep it simple. Have you had this one before? I have, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, it's super okay. good. So yeah. I'll just drink your sample then. Yeah. There. No, <laughs> give, it, give it over here. It's been a while since I've had it. Oh. The Salt Spring, actually, it's funny you bring up spruce tips, but have you had their spruce tip ale? No. It's really good. I, had I think their, it's a spruce tip ale. I had their passion fruit sour last night, though, yes, when, we, when we went to the bar, and that one was delightful. Oh, they Salt Spring Island, they also do a salted caramel porter. It is fantastic Ooh. as well. I think I've had that, actually. Yeah. Didn't yeah. we go to the Salt Spring Brewery together? Yes. Of course we yeah. did. Yeah. Of course. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. But I particularly chose this because it's Salt Spring. Oh, I love it. Yes. So That's a all, great... this is this is the breweries of nostalgia for me th- oh, this week. Yes, yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dan, I hear you are wanting to tell me about a brewery as well. Yes. I'm also curious where if this brewery ends up on the list, because it is a staple of Victoria. Okay. Big time. Yeah. yeah. So the brewery that I chose, I, I too have a very personal connection, which I'm going to get into later into my little little spiel about this brewery, but the one I chose is Phillips Brewery in Victoria. I don't think you can go really anywhere in BC without one ha- being able to see it on the shelves. No, but... that is, well, yeah, it's all over the place now. It's great. It's expanded very well. It, I think in like 2012 or something, yeah. it in a tourist BC tourist guide, you know those tourist guides that tourists that come in get, not for locals. Said that Phillips was the best brewery in BC at the time. Now, wow. obviously, since then a ton of breweries have popped up. Totally. Not to say that Phillips isn't any good, but it was really the defining brewery for a long time in BC. A hundred percent, yeah, and especially Victoria as well. Um, 
Yeah, I, I want to start with the history of it, because it actually has a really interesting history that I had no idea about, and you know how I am a sucker for a good story. Yes. Um, and you do a very good job of finding them, too. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> it just happened to be... That, so I found a lot of... Inf- full disclosure, I found a lot of the information on a blog post that was celebrating Phillips's 20-year anniversary, which was in 2021. Perfect. So, Matt Phillips, no guesses as to why the brewery is named Phillips now, was started the brewery in 2001 after working in various different breweries in Alberta and BC. He actually worked at Whistler Brewery for a while. Yeah. And, unsurprisingly, also when he moved to Victoria... He worked at Spinnaker's for a while. <laughs> so if you, if listeners of the show, Spinnaker's was the first one that I did because it was also a huge staple of Victoria, the craft beer, or the brew pub scene, I should say, more specifically. Yeah. So what I thought that was really interesting. From his time in Spinnaker's, he decided that Victoria is where he wanted to start his own brewery. And going through a lot of red tape, he actually was rejected by every bank that he tried to approach and every credit union in Victoria. Nobody would give him a loan to start this. So he signed up for multiple different credit cards, maxed them all out Perfect. to start. Sounds like a great business plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, in the beginning, did everything himself from brewing the actual beer to delivery to sales to everything. Wow. So it wasn't until two years down the road where he was actually able to hire people. Yeah. Can't pay someone on credit cards. So. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, you cannot. Funny enough, around the time that he, not shortly after he opened the brewery, Canada actually went through a glass shortage. So he wasn't able to find bottles okay. to sell his beer and shortly after maxing out all of his credit cards. Do you know so, Do you know why it went through a glass shortage? I didn't. I didn't actually look into why there was a glass okay. shortage at that specific time. Okay, if we decide to look into it, we'll follow up and let the listeners know. <laughs> yes, yes we will. From the from the post it said between 2002 and 2003. Okay. Is when. So not not too far right. after he opened. Well, obviously it was because of the the glass revolution of 2002. Of course. Yes. Oh, yes. How could I forget about yeah. <laughs> so he started calling around everywhere to just to find bottles because he was he needed a he needed bottles for like August to, mm-hmm. so that he could actually make money and keep his brewery afloat. Of course. So he ended up actually finding a company in Portland, oh. rented a truck, and drove himself down there to pick up glasses for his beers. Wow. He ended up finding these really like special like they called them the stubby. Yeah. So not this go around, but a couple of years later, once he got himself a little bit more established, he went back to actually get this sta- the stubby glasses for one of his first staple brews, the Phoenix Gold Lager. Kind of the first one that he was actually able to sell and sell so much of it that he would, then he was able to hire the two people that his first two employees. Yeah. So it did super well. I, I'm curious if it went, uh, if it did as well because of the, partly to do with the stubby glasses. It's almost like, a branding feature. Yeah. yeah, totally. So a few years after he established himself, he was approached to brew a special beer for a beer festival or a, a festival that was happening in Victoria. And just before he went on vacation up to Tofino, and while he was up there, his truck got stolen. From. Stolen. Stolen, yeah, in Victoria. His personal truck or the work truck? His personal truck. Okay. So he was up with other people, and while he was away, his truck got stolen. It happened to be a blue truck. 
It was an old blue Chevy, and when he got back, the police kind of made it a write-off. It's a very old truck. It's, it's, like, it's, it's not worth the money to try to find. Yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty much, or something along those lines. Uh, but it had a lot of meaning to Phil, to Matt, to Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> and he was actually able to, with the help of some community members, actually track the truck down and find it. Wow. So he decided to name the beer for the festival that he was been asked to brew a beer for. He initially wanted to call it something and got into legal trouble with another competing brewery that was they, they claimed was too close to a name of their beer. So then he decided to Can I guess? It. Can I guess? Yeah. It was it was gonna be blue truck. Yeah. And they couldn't be blue truck because of red truck. I think so. And so it became blue buck. Blue buck, exactly. I love it. So blue buck for me has a really close place to my heart. Yeah. Because it was the beer that kind of first introduced me to craft beer yes like a young kid you're drinking whatever i don't know rickers red or corona yeah blue buck was one of my transition ones as well it was it was my summer beer for a long time oh yeah Yeah. super easy to drink it's got a really nice balance between you know exactly what you're going to get from it but it's still like crafty like it's not a commercially brewed beer that tastes like blue buck yeah. right so it's... big enough to do it small enough to care exactly. yeah. <laughs> a couple other things happened in the in his first six or seven years he had to move locations of his brewery multiple times one reason being one of his first locations was in Esquimalt. The brewery was situated above a metal sheet factory. Okay. And there's now a rule that says breweries are not allowed to be on top of another business for the fact that one of his bats for his Phoenix Gold lager sprung a leak and flooded his entire brewery and ah. flooded the entire metal sheet <laughs> factory below it. So... I don't know if it was a rule because of that, but it seems a little sus that afterwards they made a rule that you're not allowed to do that. I'm sure it had some influence. I have to imagine it did. So now they are situated downtown Victoria, really good location, very accessible. It happens to be exactly kitty corner to one of Victoria's oldest and first breweries, Victoria Brewing, and also Victoria Phoenix Brew Company, which is funny because those were the inspirations for his very first successful brew which was phoenix gold lager so they so it just happened to be that he was able to get a spot kitty corner to where those breweries used to be back in the late 80s yeah and and normally you would think okay well that's competition but in the unique thing with breweries is that having them bunched together actually uplifts everybody else rather than competes with everybody else exactly i don't think those breweries were there at the time when he because they, um. were, they were not there anymore. Yeah, they're, I don't think they exist anymore. But oh, anyway, I see. So the, the Phoenix Gold, they, he called it the Phoenix Gold as a tribute to those breweries right. that started the brewery scene in Victoria and then named it Phoenix Gold. Amazing. Or, I know. Very cool. I, we've kind of gone into Blue Buck and stuff like that as to your, it was kind of your sca- your introduction to craft beer was my introduction to craft beer. I feel like that story is for a lot of people, especially mm-hmm. in BC and Southern BC. They really have something for everybody. When you go there, their mainstays, you have hazy IPAs, you have Pilsners, you have lagers, you have stouts that are all really, really well done, very easy to drink. I have to admit there was a time when I was really getting into craft beer that I was starting to really broaden my horizons where there was a time where I felt like Phillips was a little bit on the more boring side. Mm-hmm. And then I actually went to the tasting room because I was like, no, the, there's no there's no way. And then they had 
they have in their tasting room four rotating taps where they do micro brews and they change every week. So they and only you can make only up, get them there. And you can only yeah. get them there. Yeah. And they're phenomenal. So yes. it made me fall back in love. And there was nothing wrong with the beers. No. They're all really well made and just very solid, solid beers. It just, I found myself drinking it so much, I think I just got bored of it. And then going yeah. back when they had these micro brews, they're just, you can tell the brewers were having fun with these and they're Every single one of them that I've had is just fantastic. Yeah. And they get really creative, especially in the time of the year. So in the summer, it's more light, fruity beers. And then you, into the fall and winter, you get your darker, yeah. more complex beers. It's funny because we have such a saturation of incredible beers in mm-hmm. this province that we almost get so excited by something new yeah. that you kind of forget about your loyalties or you forget yeah. about... And oh, Blue Buck has always been a great beer, but what happens is because Phillips doesn't put these microbrews out on the shelves, you think, okay, that's Phillips. Yeah. And I've had Phillips for this many years and I trust it and I know it. I know exactly what I'm going to get, but this looks interesting. Yeah. So with with all the options that we have, it's hard to say, okay, I'm I'm going to go back to, to this because I want to try that. And yeah. And, and that's just the problem that we have in this province is that there's so many options and so little time to try it all. Yeah. It's really great that Phillips is doing something like that where yeah. you get that microbrew experience by going into there. Mm-hmm. So if you're local, you get to go try that. But then they still have that staple that is consistent but still really good. It's yeah. like kokanee, but good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. yeah, no, it's really great. And that's, yeah, and that's exactly what happened. It wasn't that Phillips was making bad or less good beers it was just that there's so many different things to try i didn't have time to go back and and try it because now one of their mainstays is one of my favorites and i know it's one of yours as well and it's glitter bomb yes hazy pale ale it's phenomenal yeah glitter bomb so good (laughs) it is so good so i'm so glad that i went back and fell back in love not that i ever didn't love phillips but it was just they, they brought some more to the table. Yeah. Glitter Bomb, Tiger Shark, we were yep. drinking the other night. Those are yep. great. Dino Sour is awesome. You mentioned it in, I think, last episode where yep. you were talking about it being mixed with something else. Dino Sour is, is always such a good one. And if I'm not wrong, they actually, they keep the name Dino Sour, but they change the fruit in it and they rotate through different fruits. Yes. So they, the, the main, the first, the, the OG, if you will, is a blackberry sour. Yeah. Fantastic sour to dip your feet in the sour world. Mm-hmm. Very easy to drink. It became so popular that they actually started branching off different ways of doing it. Still calling it dino sour, but then there's a stone fruit dino sour, yes. which is money. The most recent one they did was pink lemonade. You know how I feel about pink lemonade. Oh, I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yeah, and so good. Almost to the point where Dino Sour is kind of a subset of the brewery yeah. and you have these other options. And I really like when breweries do that. Sometimes yeah. they have, okay, we're we're X brewery and we produce Y beer and then Y beer has A, B, and C. And yeah. then we also produce Z beer and Z has A, B, and C. Totally. And it's super cool when they do that because it's like, oh, I... I love this formula that you created for this sour. Yeah. I'm going to love it as well with this other fruit that I like. Yeah. So if I like the peach, I'm going to like the orange. I'm going to like the raspberry. I'm going to like the whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas sometimes when breweries do sours, they try to make them different enough that the process is even different. Yeah. And from a business standpoint, the first option is way more logical as well because it's, okay, we'll make a huge vat from point 
point one to seven on the on the order of making beer, and then we split it into two different vats and say, okay, we're going to add the raspberries in this one yeah. and the peach in this one. But like I said, with the saturation of the market, you're almost forced to try to be as innovative as possible and really yeah. push the envelope that yeah. people forget to just do things really well. It's funny you mentioned innovation because this is a one thing that I actually had no idea about with Phillips and how innovative they are and so true to their roots of being local but also being sustainable and environmentally conscious. I had no idea that they had all of these programs in place at their brewery to kind of minimize their impact on the environment. So they actually created their own CO2 recapturing system to keep CO2 from entering the atmosphere during the uh, brewery process. Wow. A project which, coincidentally, they got recognized for uh, with winning the 2015 Master Brewers Association of America's Award of Excellence in Sustainability. My God, that's a mouthful. (laughs) So they also brought a team in from uh, Refuse, which I believe is a branch of Recycle BC. And they created an in-house recycling program. They analyze their beer uh, cycle, and from this program and like other programs, they've reduced their wastage by 30% over five years since they started these programs. They also recapture their own steam uh, that helps heat the water for the next batch. So they recapture the CO2, they recapture steam, they repurpose the heat created from the refrigeration process to heat their offices. Wow. I know. Yeah. The, this is a, this is incredible. This, this yeah. is where the world's going and 100%. Phillips has no obligation to do this. No, and they don't. Because they are, they're, they're proving that it's possible. And well, so I'm back in school right now for yeah. a, a uh, bachelor of environment degree. And this yeah. is exactly where I want to work. Yeah. Is in this kind of reconstitution of the way that we see the world. Totally. This is extremely inspiring for me. Yeah, it's awesome. They have a bottle pool membership program, which allows them to use recycled bottles for their beers. And then so you recycle the same bottle up to 13 times. So you're not using new bottles every single time. And it's kind of like an exchange program. It's really cool. cool. I don't know how that's been affected by COVID, but I'm sure it's probably not. You just have to wash and sanitize. Exactly, yeah. All of their spent grain is gifted back to the farmers to feed their livestock. Yeah, their labels are all made from recycled paper. They've and they've also analyzed how much water they've used and reduced it, their usage of water by thirty percent in their brewing process. Wow! Yeah, the latest one is kind of cool. They instead of using metal or plastic bandings for their kegs, they use Velcro. Recy- Super or, cool! Or, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I had no idea that they did all this, but it's they have a list of all their programs that they run. Amazing to to become more sustainable and more community oriented and here i was excited that a bunch of breweries were starting to give deposits back to restaurants for the the caps that go on top of the cans and the, the four a, pack like you know the plastic caps yeah, yeah, that yeah. go on top of yeah. four packs yeah they were saying oh give this back to us on your next delivery and you'll get a 25 cent credit for each one or whatever what? so that's kind of cool like a bottle or a keg deposit or whatever you can do it for that as well yeah I, I was like, wow, that's that's great. Get the plastic out of the oceans. Get the plastic out of the dumps. Yeah. And and here, that's you know, chump change compared to this. <laughs> that's <laughs> really incredible. Take, take it to the next level at Phillips. They have fantastic programs. Really, really cool. Yeah. They also cater to a wide variety of people. So when you go to the brewery, you don't necessarily have to go to drink beer. 
they have back in 2012 they started spark mouth which is their line of soda yeah which you find very good sodas yeah everywhere handcrafted from scratch like all local ingredients i really like them because they're not too sweet as well exactly yeah, their coal is really really sharp which is nice yeah even their orange soda which is yeah. supposed to be really sweet it still has that tartness yeah. from the orange yeah. yeah no their their sodas are awesome and they Super make really good, good floats yeah oh i can imagine yeah oh that's a <laughs> That's a dangerous idea. <laughs> and then in 2014, they started creating gin and vodka. So they have an old style brass tank yeah. from 1912 that they named Old George. Yeah, that's their still? Yeah, for their gin and their vodka. That's awesome. At the brewery, you can have cocktails that are mixed with, or you can just taste the, the gin and the vodka on their own. Super so cool. Yeah, really, really awesome. Super cool company. We kind of drove past the tasting room. Yes. And they've done a really, really good job of making it kind of a classic, like, industrial, wooden, lots of, lots of natural-looking wood... Big open space, lots of windows, and then they also, for COVID, have a big patio along the quiet side of Discovery nice. Street. Yeah. Um, and just a really pleasant place to go. You can go and buy merchandise because they have a little gift shop, where, and then you can buy their off-sales and, uh, and then Phillips merch. I, I really like their design. They give me, like, carnival vibes yes. for, their, yeah. for their labels, uh, but not in a creepy sense. Yeah. <laughs> not so, in, like, a murder clown sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when they say like i ate too much candy corn sense oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, 100 <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i said if you look at their beer menu right now they have something for everybody they've got a pilsner they obviously have a blue buck glitter bomb they've got a, a cold ipa tiger shark is there electric unicorn is another uh, ipa the, a white ipa that's that, really really that's sassy. a super interesting beer it's yeah. really really good their longboat chocolate porter is really good as well yeah hazy double ipas regular double ipas kolsch so those are the ones that kind of stay stick around you, you know what's funny is mm. because phillips has become such a staple in bc yeah. you, you keep naming these beers and it's like it's like when you hear a song on the radio yeah. and you don't know who sings it yeah and then you're like i like this song and then you hear another song on the radio and you're like oh i also like this song and then you find out that it's the same artist yeah that's like you naming all these beers right now yeah it's like 100 percent Oh, Longboat. Yeah, I've had that. I like that. Oh, Electric Unicorn. Of course that's Phillips. I knew that. And then it, when you were talking about the Glitter Bomb and the and the Tiger Shark, oh, right, that's that's Phillips. Yeah. And you kind of forget because it's just part of the culture of BC that that's Phillips. Just yeah. like if it was a Labatt or if it was a, a Molson or something, yeah. and it's just there, and you forget that actually this is a really local brewery. Yeah, yeah. who's doing a lot of really, really cool things that you won't necessarily see within yeah. the like the confines of the tasting room or right. like their beers. So they're doing a lot of like community based stuff and a lot of environmental sustainability projects that it, I had no idea about. It's but... a, it's it's like the two breweries that we talked about yeah. are two breweries with the opposite approach to the same mission. Yeah. Yeah. And their mission is to produce the best possible beers and serve their communities as best they can. And one chose to do it the small brewery route where yeah. they don't expand uh, because they want to focus on what they're doing. And the other one is how much can we possibly do and maintain our quality? Yeah. And it's really interesting to see the different routes to do yeah. that. Yeah. There's more than one way to do something, right? Yeah. And, yeah. You, yeah. and there's more, to, more, more than one way to do something right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. That's the more important part. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And one thing I will add is that it was number 11 on the list. Oh, nice. So just That's missed the top cool. 10, but it 
out of 143, that's pretty. That's pretty, pretty damn yeah. good. So Phillips, if you're ever in Victoria, is located at 2010 Government Street. Definitely, definitely worth checking out. Well, that about wraps it up for this leg of the journey. Taste BC Radio is recorded, edited, and produced by Jeff Wilson and me, Dan Cavanaugh. You can continue the journey and check out everywhere we talked about and that article in the show notes. Make sure to follow us at TasteBC Radio on Instagram and Facebook, and we'd love to have you join our community on Patreon. Tune in next time to find out what we'll be tasting next, and never miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast app. In the meantime, make sure to rate and review the show. This really helps us grow, and we really appreciate the feedback. And until next time, support local and keep keep it tasty. tasty. I wonder if my voice is going to sound different on this recording. Possible. Possible. More raspy and sexy rather than childish.